0: If you would join me in your Bible to the Book of Exodus tonight, I'm a. Uh, I'm thinking and praying very seriously about maybe bringing a couple of messages. Um, kind of revealing to us the. The pattern, the doctrine, the the mythology. Of uh, Christianity compared to Islam. And uh, we'll probably make some folk mad. And uh, I, I really hate that, you know, that I might expose error publicly. And uh, so if, I, if God leads me in that direction, you better start praying for me. I don't, we may have a shooter at Joshua Baptist, you know. Of course, we're different from Fort Hood, we carry guns. Uh, You shoot here, you better duck, because if there's one shot, look for me in the baptistry. Deep, okay? (laughs) Because uh, I don't know how far the bullet will penetrate that water, but I don't care, as long as it don't penetrate me, all right? (laughs) Well, uh, have you had a good day? Good. Let me read for you just a few verses. Out of chapter number seventeen of the book of Exodus, and I'll begin reading in verse eight. If you want to, you can read verses one through eight, and you'll find there where Moses smote the rock, and uh, uh, the water gushed forth. And uh, in his disobedience of disobeying God, and uh, for the very reason Moses didn't go into the Promised Land was that he smote the rock twice. Second time he's just supposed to speak to it and he smote it twice. And uh, that says to me that perfect obedience is all that is acceptable to God. Perfect obedience is all that is acceptable. Now he may go along with you and he may give you grace. Thank God he does. Amen? But perfect obedience. Uh, For instance, son, take out the trash. Well, I was thinking about it. Isn't that wonderful? Trash is still on the floor. Uh, We need to obey God perfectly. Amen? Look in your Bible. I read verse number 8. Then came Amalek. And fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Remember, for he threw it down, it was his rod. When he picked it up, it became... God's rod, said he raised the rod of God, right? How many of you folk ever worked underneath the automobile? Now, ladies, I know you haven't, but maybe you ladies have been uh, washing the windows up high. Have you noticed your arms get tireder now than they used to? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can raise mine up, keep up just a little while, and I'll tell you, tears comes to my eyes. And you say, well, Why? I just like to cry that's all it's not that i'm a wimp at all you know it's kind of like when billy was was texturing these walls and had that gun in his hand and i don't know if it was me and jim or who it was and I, he just keep going and he just go, go and go and go and i said i want to try that about 10 seconds and that thing had me to the floor man and so Just imagine now as we read the story, and the Bible says, So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he set their own. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. a Very important moment in the life of Israel. They have been delivered from Egypt, and they now have made the journey. And they are confronted with Israel's enemy, Amalek. This is the first battle that Israel had after they had been delivered from bondage. And Moses has taken, and Joshua has taken a million and a half to three million slaves and organized an army and a nation. This is their first encounter with the enemy. Notice, if you would please, There are very significant names mentioned in the text. All of us know about Moses. Moses, the great deliverer. Moses, the man who was educated in Egypt, who had the learning of the Egyptians. They must have been a pretty educated bunch. I don't know if today, but I know just a few years ago, We did not have a machine to put the top rock on the pyramid. The Egyptians did it with slave labor and no machinery. That is absolutely astounding to me. Someone has said we still do not have the embalming fluid that they embalmed the pharaohs with and they mummified them, and still today, their flesh is intact. You die four days, you begin to decompose, and an odor comes. Moses was educated in the schools of Egypt, raised in the queen's household, Educated by his mother, we all know Moses, do we not? What a what a what a leader Moses must have been. You know, I pastor just a small church, and there's problems every single day, and none of them are wrapped in the same human flesh. Problem upon problem, hurt upon hurt. Death, funeral, divorces, kids go off the wrong way. The, can you imagine how many problems Moses had with three million griping, complaining Egyptian, I mean Israelites? We all know Aaron. Aaron is Moses' brother, the high priest. all know him have you ever heard of a man called joshua joshua in the old testament hebrew for jesus greek in the new testament jesus the great deliverer moses and joshua joshua the savior and they've been delivered now and all of these very notable men are present and these great leaders always seem like get the recognition. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, you know who they haven't done it, Joshua Baptist? Oh, Dr. Foodunk, or Dr. it, or Dr. Ain't Never Done It. Doctors is not important in God's work. There's a name I think worth mentioning tonight that many of us not even heard of. You want to look at him in verse 10? Just a nobody. Just somebody that God used in a very special way. And his name is Her. H-U-R, not H-E-R. Her. Don't raise your hands, but a long Ben since you heard a message on the character of her on the obedience of her. Have you, heard of, have you ever heard a message on what kind of family her raised? Have you ever had a Father's Day message about her? On Granddaddy's Day, have you ever heard a message on how faithful and straight and narrow and conservative and loving and obedient this fella is. You know, I think that's the way it is a lot of times around the Baptist church. The wrong people sometimes get the recognition. And those who's in the trenches, those whose names are never mentioned, those who's tucked away somewhere in a nursery watching it on television, got all the babies handcuffed. I never shall forget when Andrew was in the toddler department down there. And, you know, it was a standing rule that if you had a baby in the toddler department, you had to go to the toddler department once a month. My wife has come out of there bleeding. I'm telling you, bleeding. She said, I wish Andrew would hurry up and get too old to go there. (laughs) I shouldn't be saying that about her. She just said it. Most of you have thought it Right. Uh, go ahead, say, hey, man. You, you've, you've kept my grandkids right, and you kept my kids, and you nursed my kids. But would it be all right tonight if, if we just uh, talk about a guy that stepped out of nowhere, appeared for just a minute, and disappeared right back into nowhere? Not mentioned much. Probably not real important probably like a brother Phillips who just stepped on the scene when we needed some buses and bought five buses. Boy, what a blessing that was. You remember that, Jim? Those ragtag buses we was trying to go go pick up kids with. And and just a a, a brother Phillips he just stepped out of nowhere and had a burden for buses. His picture probably still hangs in the hallway there. Just stepped out of nowhere and stepped right back into nowhere. But I wonder how many people have been saved and how many homes have been hurt, been harmed, been, hurt, been helped. All because <clears throat> a 20th century her is willing to hold up the hands and hold up the rod got no recognition for it. If I'm not mistaken, this building is partly because of a mutual fund he gave to the church. Now I think something like seventy thousand dollar mutual fund. And I was watching the stock market every day. And I said, I am not going to allow the stock market to steal my in joy by watching that stock market. So I sold that mutual fund for 97000 And you're probably sitting in some of those pews that he might have bought. There's somebody that we don't know, somebody that don't get the recognition, just somebody like a herd stepped into time and was willing to step back. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? See, it's not about me. It's not about Jim. It's about those herds that just just are there when it needs to be done. Amen? Maybe, uh, Walter Mize. You probably don't even know him. He's in heaven. When the architect designed this building, they designed it with this balcony four foot off the main floor. Actually, it was for a midget church. It takes time for redesign and go back to the steel company and remanufacture and get it up right it was just a mistake on the part of our architect and boy we sat here and we sat here and we sat here and just nothing was being done on the building Now I got a phone call and he said preacher this is your friend Walter what's the problem did he money I said no sir We just need a balcony high enough for grown people to sit under. He wanted to help, he would have helped. One night I left our ranch, we'd been deer hunting. It was late in December, I think it was. I'm talking about folks who just step out, step up and step back with no reward, no recognition. Just good guys doing what God wants them to do. Pulled out on the highway, coming down 20. Phone rang, and I answered. He said, hey, this is your friend. I said, hey, I'm glad I got one. He said, would you come to my office tomorrow? I'll have a check for you. I wanted to ask him how much, because I didn't want to go that far for a dollar. You know what I'm talking about? And I went to Walter's office and he handed me a personal check for a quarter million dollars made out to Joshua Baptist Church. He's in heaven today. I bet he don't regret doing that. Watching these buildings be built watching buses be run and people being saved and things are going. And just people who step out and they're there when the hands need to be raised. Is anybody here tonight, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand that I appreciate the Mary Currys of Joshua Baptist Church? Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate uh, the Betty Rose in our church, the uh, Mrs. Kinneys, and others who don't get a lot of recognition. Mrs. Surgeyner. If wasn't for her, I'd have holes in all my britches. Amen. Tell you it's so good to have a seamstress in the church when you gain weight and lose weight as fast as I do. She has taken up and let out more pair Levi's than anybody in the world trying to get them to fit. And I think the last time she just cut them so she couldn't let them out again. So now I'm just going without any pants on during the daytime. The hers. Notice, if you would please, I'd like for you to note something no name individual tonight I'd like to just talk to you I'd like to thank those who serve without any recognition you know I don't i just like to thank you for being willing to hold up one hand there's no way this could have happened just by me there's I understand there's no way This church could gone from nothing, I'm talking about absolute nothing, no money, no chairs, no property, no nothing. And 28 years later, look what the HERS has accomplished. I have not done it. I don't watch the nursery. I don't teach the primaries. I don't visit for buses on Saturday four or five hours and stay gone all day long Sunday trying to pick kids up and take them back. I just think maybe we need to be more thoughtful and maybe get our eyes off of Joshua and Moses and Aaron, those folks who's always in the spotlight, and maybe look at some of those that nobody ever sees. And be thankful for those folks who's in the background, people who are unnoticed, unthinked hid in a classroom someplace on Sunday morning trying to control 40 bus kids the only way you can do that is with a gun and that's gotta be an automatic Ada shaking her head said she can control them well if anybody in the world could it'd be Ada I can just see it right now drill instructor <laughs> You marching right in right God bless people like Ada amen. Go in there. Brother Jim, how many does how many Joshua have in her class, generally? Twenty-five, boys and girls, twenty-five. You know, I think we need to just not take for granted those pretty shakers in the floor of the church. You know, you got to be educated to put those V's in those stairs like that. You, Boy, I, I, if I tried to do that, that, that would be nothing but hand-scratching, son. But now I want you to know how uniformed they are. He works diligently at doing that. Doing that, making sure everything's clean. Boy, you know, we just, there's a lot of folks behind the scene that holding up the hands of the man of God, making sure that things go right and things look right, things smell right. You know, we just need to be very thankful for them. People who allow me to do what God has called me to do so that I do not have to do those things that God has not called me to do. The herds that's willing to hold up the hand. And you know, I think there's maybe two or three characteristics I'd like to leave. with you. It's a quarter till uh, nine. The ball game started, oh, not too long ago. And according to my, i got my phone right here. I'm watching the Rangers. Um, it's 20 to nothing in favor of the Phillies, I think, what it is. So I've lost interest in the game, right? <laughs> Did you see Adam? He said, that's not what's on my phone. I'm watching it too. Can I give you some characteristics of, of, of the hers, the folks that nobody ever sees? Honest, never see and yet without them, the work would not be able to go on. The hers, uh, when we have a $150,000 offering, every penny is important. But now may I say to you, you don't have a $150,000 cash offering without somebody goes above and beyond you know what I'm talking about families that prior to the offering before we ever take it gives a check for twenty-some thousand dollars said preacher I'm giving this to you folks because I don't want anybody else in the church to know that I gave it reason being is because there's a bank robbed that week never know who it is in the background, just want to do, hold the hands up of the man of God, creating a place where the gospel can be preached, creating a place where young Christians can be trained, creating a place to bring our kids to, creating a place to keep the standards and the doctrine of the Word of God right that's so important and my wife and I would leave and go going, going to dinner one day and a fellow pulled up on the parking lot and I said say would you like to go to lunch he said yeah I think I would and we went to lunch and he'd give us a check for 25,000 to help in our offering unknown don't want to be known just willing to hold up a hand Let me give you, number one, they are absolutely invaluable. The Betty Rhodes, Mrs. Kinney's, Mrs. Timmons, those folk way back there in the back. I don't know what I would do if I had to organize the nursery. I believe. I would blow the nursery up. I do not believe uh, the hardest thing to please is a new mother. And I can see why. And I would think less of mothers if they were not very protective of their children and very sensitive to their children. And I'll tell you, to work back there and to, to plan that and to try to communicate. Uh, have you ever thought about this? And I know you have. But have you ever thought about every leader in the church has problems too? And I cannot hardly leave my problems outside the door. Seem like my problems go with me everywhere I go. Someone said to me a long time ago, listen to me, everybody is worth understanding. Maybe not agreeing with, maybe not getting on board with, but everybody is worth understanding. Instead of looking at the actions, let's look way behind and see what motivated that action. Who knows? I might have had a bad day and I preached on cohabitation and that went over like a pregnant pole vaulter you said I wouldn't do that I did because I don't think it's right and I think it needs to be addressed and it don't need to be in our church amen I want to be kind, but I want to be correct with the word of God, but I want you to know something. Nobody in this church is not valuable. Everybody's valuable. Everybody's valuable. Don't make any difference who it is. You might say, well, it embarrasses me when Brother Jay stands up. Well, have you seen how big he is? I don't care if he turns a flip and speaks in tongues. I'm not messing with him. job. Right? But everybody's worth understanding. I love Doug. I'd rather watch Doug sing in a choir as to eat English peas. Now when Brother Doug sings, he sings all over. I love that. He sings all over. And I'm telling you, he sings with his face, he sings with his body, he sings. Man, I'm glad we don't have a praise team. Old Duffy go plump crazy. <laughs> the hers are absolutely invaluable. <clears throat> Do you know who works in the video room? You have any idea why Brother Jarrett runs as soon as he gets through singing? You have any idea who's working? right this moment in the radio room? Do you have any idea who spends all day long Monday copying CDs and send them all over the world? Uh, do you have any idea who decorates? I tell you one thing, there's a holy place in this church. It's the flower room. If Jim and I were to go in the flower room, we'd have to put on an aphoid of the priest. And we'd have pomegranates and bells around the border of our garment walking in. And if ever who's in charge of these flowers thought me and Jim touched one, she'd yank that rope and drag me and Jim out head first. We have hundreds and hundreds of dollars in flowers to try to make this place presentable just to her that unless she came up here during the week and seen the mess seen the perspiration one thing about it those hers that never gets noticed they're absolutely invaluable and I do not say thank you enough and I know that's a sin, but I want you to know, the depths of my heart, I appreciate those who's willing to hold the old feeble hands up. I read for you, not, I won't read for you, but in First Corinthians twelve, it's talking about the body. And it's doing an analogy of the body, the anatomy, to the church, the local church. When, oh, by the way, when you read your Bible, if you find the word the church, the church, as in there's only one church and it's invincible and it's true and it's big, if you ever find the term, the church, would you let me know? Uh, I'm not talking about the churches, because that makes it local, right? The church is. There's a lot of difference in the churches and the church. So you don't have to tithe to the church. And you don't have to attend the church. It's invisible. Billy, how would you ordain a deacon in an invisible church? Would it be an invisible deacon? You're welcome. How would you take an offering in an invisible church? We can do that in the Baptist church. A lot of folk give to the invisible church. They never give. Where was I? Talking about the members in the church, in, in the body. Get down to about verse 22 in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it says something like this. And the members that are more feeble are, are you there? Necessary. Weak members, small members. Uh... When I was a kid, I think doctors made a lot of money taking tonsils out. Because when a kid got a certain age, it was just a sure thing. They had to go, go get their tonsils taken out. Just like God made a mistake, you know. You don't need them. In other words, the doctors are smarter than God. You say, well, I don't have any tonsils. Well, a lot of folk don't have any brains as other folks. Okay. God didn't put anything in your body. That it's not necessary in fact a lot of times he gave you a spare two kidneys you can live with one and he got, he got good to give you two just in case one wears up I'm glad he did because I only have one but the hers the ones that step out step back I don't know who all decorated the auditorium for, for uh, the ladies conference I watched some of the ladies decorate the fellowship hall are you glad the men serve ladies are you glad you didn't have spaghetti this year I don't know if you know it or not, but last year, you ladies ate the greasiest spaghetti known to man, right, Jim? Jim cooked that spaghetti last year, reached in that pot and pulled it out of there in one clump. <laughs> I was wondering, how, Jim, how are you going to feed on him? Does your spaghetti ever stick together? Well, Jim can show you how to stick it. And Jim did some research and learned how to re-stick it, unstick it. And Buddy is pouring you put a vegetable in it, Jim, peanut oil, well S T P. Well, what? <laughs> I went to go to Jim you pouring that oil in that pot. I said what are you trying to do? He said trying to get you to turn loose. That's <laughs> right. So, now, you know the hers, you know the, the things that makes you have a nervous breakdown. And then it all turns out all right, and everybody says, man, wasn't that great? Sure, after three nervous breakdowns trying to get that spaghetti loose, you know, it was pretty good. They're, they're absolutely invaluable. Would you say that? Uh, absolutely invaluable. Secondly, they're always involved. You never see them. You don't notice them. No accolades. Just a job done. We enjoy it, and we live happily ever after. And the hers never get mentioned, never get any awards. Isn't isn't it great? Behind the scenes, out of the spotlight, but involved. So many folks, did you know that every visitor, comes to our church receives a care box. I'm not going to tell you who does it, but it. Receives a care box. Somebody's got to put the t-shirts and everything in it in the care box. Every visitor comes to our church. They're not paid. I dare say you probably don't even know who does it. And they don't do it that they might be recognized but every visitor come to our church receives a care box from the care team and the care team delivers that box to our visitors. They don't go in the house. They just say, we'd like to give you this from the pastor. And they might say they'll be contacting you for a, for a, an appointment where the preacher or some of the staff can come by. Just hers it in the background being faithful doing what needs to be done no accolades, no spotlights they just want to serve the Lord isn't that nice let me tell you her her is somebody that comes sits down and writes a check regardless of the size puts in the offering plate because they love the Lord. That's a her. You say, nobody notices it. Yeah, somebody does. Huh? Yeah, somebody does. Everything you do, somebody, the Lord recognizes. Let me close now. Number one, the herds are absolutely, absolutely invaluable. Couldn't have a church without them, could with Jim. Could not have a church. Now, if you notice something, there is a security team here. And they're not only here to protect me. That's the primary. You say, well, if you're so tough, why can't you protect yourself? Because the gears I used to run with, they don't run as fast as they used to. Amen. Regardless of what Andrew said that night about me going whoop guys in public, I want a big guy around me all the time. When I was in the games in California, I didn't have to be tough because I run around with those guys it was. So when I got saved, I thought I'd just change crowds. Amen. Thank God I did. The herds are absolutely necessary. They're always involved. And they're often invisible. Let me let me let me close. This month. There has been over $300,000 in offerings given through two local New Testament Baptist churches for the ministry. Over $300,000. That's a ton of money. You know that? You know the church cannot exist without money? You do realize that. And I have been privileged to preach stewardship messages in both of those churches that $300,000 was given to the ministry for building buildings primarily. Now, they want Dr. Wolfenbarger in stewardship meetings because for some reason or another I don't get embarrassed to talk about money. I wish I did. I'd feel a lot better. But to tell you the truth, I like preaching about money. Because you can't have revival until you get right with money. You can't serve God and mammon. Right? So I get to accolades. Uh, they want me to come back and preach just an ordinary revival. Uh, my jokes, they like. My funny stories, they like. They, they just, you know, just $300,000. That's a lot of money. But do you know who put all that together? Who organized it? who formulated the lessons, who prayed, who worked. I bet he didn't get one thank you note from one person that was blessed because of the preaching or the teaching. I heard and stepped up and somebody called and said, Hey, preacher, would you come preach a revival, Preach a stewardship meeting for me. I said, yeah, would it be all right if I get Brother Jim to organize it and send the material to you? Nobody's thanked Brother Jim. I got the love offering. I got the accolades. But there's a her someplace. There always are. Amen? There's always a her when a preacher gets old and gets attached and he stumbles and needs a reference point there's always a her and i'll build it and i'll build it just like for this time oh i get the accolades they watch me on television who knows i might be famous one day kind of like ed the horse the talk and horse you are absolutely necessary. You'll probably be invisible a lot of times. And he just stepped out, stepped back in. If you just turn your Bible over to Exodus chapter 31, Exodus chapter 31, we see this guy mentioned one more time One more time, and a her. People who are not doing it for the accolades. After the battle was won, I can imagine the commander in chief Moses must have been recognized, and General Joshua must have been ordered, must have been. Recognized, And surely the high priest Aaron was recognized. And then somebody said, her who? What did he do? Let me show you what he did. Verse 1 of chapter number 31. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I've called by name. Beziel, the son of you, or the son of who? Somebody's been watching Grandpa. Verse 3, And I have filled him, her grandchild, with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Listen to me. You may not be well known, but you're making an investment in somebody. Somebody's watching. Can you hear me? You said, well my kids are sorry, parents, then you'd be the best grandparents in the world. So I'm disappointing my boy. Okay, give your grandkids an example. Amen. I said, Amen. A her is always making an investment. You know what I have done? I've asked God to allow me to make an investment in your kids and in your grandkids. I want your kids your grandkids to know that I think they're special and when they want a hero and they want a godly hero it'd be alright if they think of me but i tell you something else it'd be alright if they thought of her too godly men and godly women in our church works in a hellish world and still try to live godly. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's not forget to thank the hers in our church. You got that? You know, me and Billy's getting old. Actually, Billy's getting old. But there's some folks that's been here a long time that's made a lifelong investment in this church. Are you listen to me made a long time investment in this church please let's not take them for granted the ushers they look more like bouncers to me it's all Joe can do to stay awake back there I've seen him nod over two or three times but the ushers that are here and serve us the deacons trustees, serving behind the scenes, helping and giving me advice, wisdom. Let's not ever take one her